<laughs> this reading is from Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Why don't you take a seat? My name's Adam, and we're really glad that you're here. And for those that are joining us online, we're glad you're here too. So, last night I did something that I try not to do for most of the Christmas season. I wrapped some presents. And you can tell who wrapped the presents under the tree. You can tell who wraps most of them, and then there are some others that are wrapped in a slightly different style, shall we say. Uh, but hey, they're gonna, it still works the same, right? We open them. Um, an observation. And some of you will identify with different elements of this illustration, and I'm not trying to box anyone in, but it'd be interesting to see where you land. Six days' time will be the moment when gifts will be opened and passed and exchanged, and I'm going to tell you something that you can observe. There are different personality types expressed in the way we do this. And see where you land. The first group of people, these people, they normally go for the biggest present first, and they absolutely just tear the paper open in seconds, split seconds, and suddenly everything is open, and it's all done. And there are other people that are looking in dismay at this point. But these people, they are in and they are out quickly and they tear apart. And I land in this group. I always landed in this group and my mum was always annoyed that it was over so quickly. But I do think this group has some fun. And then there is the second group of people. And they open presents slightly differently. They read the tag first. Often there's a tag fixed to the box or whatever it is. And they read the tag first. Sometimes people in this group... They, they make notes. They write down who gave what. And often after they've opened the present, they then reaffix the tag to the gift so they can remember who gave them which gift. And then there is an extra special, unique group of people. These people come at it from a very different angle. They look at the present and they, they acknowledge and observe how it's sealed and how it's taped. These people really like it when the tape is straight and there's no creases. And they slowly unpick, carefully, trying not to tear the paper. And sometimes you even hear them saying things like, oh, this is really nice paper. We should keep this. We can use this again. Or oh, this is a nice gift bag. And these people, they do exist. Some of these people even have a drawer somewhere in their house where the paper and the gift tags that were nice have been stored and we're all different, but we're one. And Christmas is one of those occasions where in our differences, we come together. And that's one of the beauties. That is the beauty of Christmas, that we come together different, but one. And we celebrate the gift that is Jesus. The theme that we've looked at so far has been light in darkness. And... I'll tell you a story as to why light really is important. We 
my wife and I often would try and have a kind of date night in, sometimes on a Saturday evening. And there was one such evening where I cooked a nice dinner. I put some effort in. I cooked a steak and everything was perfect. And just as I carried the plates over and put them on the table, the lights went out and we had a power cut. Now, some of you living here, you know what power cuts are like. You have them all the time. Every time there's the slightest hint of wind, you, town loses power. You know what this is like. And it kind of messed up the occasion. And then I had an idea. In my fishing bag, I've got some head torches that look like this. So uh, the romantic dinner continued with us wearing head torches. You don't need a candlelight dinner. You just need one of these. Uh, It didn't catch on. We've never done that ever since. But this is what it exposed. It's hard to operate in the dark. It's annoyingly difficult. shouldn't be this hard. From a comical perspective, we couldn't see what we were doing. But this theme of darkness that we see in some of these Bible readings is talking about more than just inconvenience. Sometimes darkness is used to explain utter despair and hopelessness. And that's a feeling that some of us experience from time to time. The reading that we had before... I came up, I'm going to put on the screen, Isaiah 9, verse 2. It's a short passage, and it says this. I want to just explore this further. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This short passage spans two periods of time. The first period of time is a period of deep darkness. For some context, When this was written, the Assyrian army had recently invaded their land and there was destruction and there was hopelessness. That was all around them. And often what's around us becomes inside of us. And sometimes as people, we feel a sense of hopelessness and despair. That was what they were feeling. That's what this passage explains in the first half. But it doesn't just stay there. There is this hope that a light will dawn, and what you're experiencing now won't be the final destination. It's a sweet moment when a light shines in darkness, when hope is spoken into hopelessness. It's a beautiful moment. The Bible calls this kind of writing prophecy, which means God is speaking, and somebody is either writing it down or saying out loud what God is going to do. It isn't the current reality, but it's a promise of what's to come. Remember that. This passage that's quite ancient could be fitting of description of the world we live in today. Often in the morning, uh, I check the news on a couple of apps as I eat my breakfast. And it's, it's terrible news. We read of destruction and famine, we read of hunger, we read of conflict, we read of violence, we read of shootings, we read of plagues. It feels like darkness all around us. And inside of us, sometimes, I don't know how you feel, sometimes the people that you meet, the sense of hopelessness and darkness, this ancient text feels very relevant and lived today. 
But there's another text that sounds very similar that I want to put on the screen. This is Matthew 4, verse 16. This is the first book in the New Testament. This is a book written by one of Jesus' followers, recording what Jesus was doing and what he was saying and how he was teaching and his whole life. This is one of the first things that Jesus said at the beginning of his ministry in this record that Matthew recorded. And Jesus said this, see if you can spot the similarity. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Some of you have noticed it's the exact same passage. Previously, it was spoken in this prophetic, in the future, there's going to be this moment and this is going to happen. Jesus walks on the scene. Jesus is born and we celebrate that. And some of his early words at the beginning of as he's introducing himself in his ministry, he says, the people in walking in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus is saying, it's now, it's here And to make it incredibly personal, it's me. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And many of you have been walking in darkness for too long. And that's about to change. When Jesus was born, the angels celebrate and say, he's coming. It illuminates the sky, the light in the darkness. Jesus is described as Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is not somewhere else. God's not the promise of an idea that will come true at some point in the future, but it's here and now. So Jesus quotes this passage and lives it in the now and says, it's today and it's me. For those of us that have made a decision to receive the ultimate gift that is Jesus, it is like receiving light in darkness. The only difference with this light is unlike head torches or, or any of the other lights that you may have seen. This one won't run out of batteries. This one won't dwindle. This one won't fade. This one won't break. Where most of the other lights and things that we feel are so important are kind of like last year's Christmas present. Most of us can't remember what last year's Christmas present was. Jesus is the true light And it's only found in him. Now, I don't know how you're doing. I don't know what your Christmas is like. For some of us, there are moments of great illumination. And for other times, there's moments where there's darkness and despair. And the idea of hopelessness is something we can connect with. If you feel like that, you're not alone. If you feel like that, you're one of the many reasons why Jesus wants to illuminate and give you his light afresh. In some ways, it should come as no surprise because we know the way the calendar works. But often at this time of year, we find ourselves saying, I can't believe the year is done already. 2022. It's about two weeks' time. I had a moment this week. I sat in my office and I was preparing, aware that what we've got going on in December. And then suddenly January comes around. And it shouldn't be a shock. It happens every year. It comes after December. But there was a moment where I was reflecting on where we've been and the last couple of years have been crazy for most of us and then where we're going next. And I felt 
I felt like God said, just take a seat and just sit in this moment. And as I sat there, I reflected on where we've been. And I reflected on the fact that God has been present and has been close. The introduction of Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is not somewhere else. Even when it's been hard, as I reflect on the past, the light's been present. And in this moment, in the present moment, I sense that the presence of Jesus is still illuminating today. And as I look forward to the future, aware that while we like to think we are, none of us are actually in control of the future, I am confident that the light will continue to shine and that the darkness will not overcome it. I want to give you something. I want to give you a gift to, as a takeaway. I want, I want you to not just hear this and sing these songs and hear these readings, but I want you to, to respond to what we're saying. So I'm going to pass out, I say I'm going to pass out, some people on my behalf are going to pass out some small, small lights and I want you to take this and keep this. Once you've got it, why don't you stand and I want you to hold it in your hand. It's a symbol that we're receiving the gift. The Jesus that's born in a manger that lived and that died as a gift for you and me. And there's no test that you have to pass. You just have to simply receive. So when you've got yours, why don't you stand and hold it in your hand. For many of us, the idea of darkness around us or in us isn't new. If you're feeling at times surrounded by the darkness, I want you to receive the gift of Jesus that illuminates that darkness and says, the light will drive out the darkness. And then for some of you, you may have never received the gift of Jesus. Or you may have heard about it, but never done anything about it. Again, there's no test. There's no grade that you need to meet. It begins by simply recognizing we have messed up and missed the mark. And we're sorry for that. And we say, Jesus, would you forgive me? And he smiles over that request. And he says, yes. And we say, come on in. You've may have prayed that kind of prayer before. If you haven't, I want to encourage you to pray it. But if you have, I want to say, even now, Jesus, may we receive a fresh revelation of who you are. Lord, thank you for the hope of these ancient texts that were and are and will be realized only in you. Jesus, we receive the gift of light and I pray for us all that it would expel the darkness and reveal who you are afresh and in new ways and in deeper ways. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift at Christmas that is Jesus, the light of the world. Amen. Amen.